The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. This season of COVID has definitely uh, taught me a few things about myself. I don't know about you, but I find myself at times being stressed, unable to sleep, and I can't figure out why. This series uh, that we're dealing with right now, dealing with anxiety and uncertainty and worry, uh, uh, is so important for us right now in teaching us about who we are, about how we're feeling and how to deal with what we're dealing with. And uh, I'm real excited about what I'm learning and what I get to share with you. My hope is that uh, as you need help, that you'd reach out to us and let us know how we can be praying for you and how we can help you through this time. These are anxious times. These are uncertain times. At the very beginning of the season, I found myself uh, being really stressed. I've not been one to typically worry about things. Uh, for some reason, I just, I just don't. I've often actually been told that I can seem neglectful because I don't seem concerned enough when things get rough or when times seem to be uncertain. But one thing that I've noticed about myself is anxiety has been building. I, I do in some ways see anxiety and worry as different. Um, let me just try to explain it to you. At the very beginning of the season when we found out that gatherings couldn't continue as they were, I started to get a little anxious. Number one, because I wasn't in control. I wasn't able to be able to call the shots about how we'd gather. We had uh, uh, people around us giving us all their variety of opinions, and we didn't really have set parameters at the very beginning. There were suggestions and guidelines, and that was driving me crazy. I was picking apart every news report, every article being sent to me, looking for the black and white of you can do this and you can't do that. And instead, we were getting a lot of guidelines initially about what we should try to do or what we should consider. And I wanted to be in control. I wanted to be able to call the shots. And I found that it was driving me nuts. Um, I actually shared with a couple of people that I wish the our government would just come out with clear guidelines saying you can't do this. That would be much easier than me having to make a decision. And eventually that came. But even in the midst of this time when we do have guidelines staying six feet apart, uh, no gatherings of uh, more than 10, and that's only if it's essential, uh, those are some pretty clear guidelines. And, and yet, I feel myself at times getting really anxious because I don't know what's next. I don't know how to call the shots for what our church will do in the next season. I don't, we have schools making decisions. We have our government making decisions. There are a lot of things going on that are outside of my control. And it's causing me some anxiety. And so I ask that you pray for me through this season as I'm being vulnerable with you and sharing with you where I'm anxious. And I know that for some of us, we're anxious about a lot of different things. The stock market crashing. Uh, our kids, are they going to go back to school? For those that are home and still doing school, 
making sure that they're able to stay focused and how do we make sure they're staying on top of things? Our jobs. Uh, some of us have had reductions in pay. Some people have been furloughed or laid off. There's a lot of things to be anxious about. And it's because in some ways we simply don't have control. Things are out of our control. So uh, what do we do about this? What do we do in these times? The first step that I want to share with you in dealing with anxiety is learning to truly trust in God. Next week, we're going to hear from my wife, Brandy, who is a licensed counselor with more than 25 years of experience in helping people deal with anxiety. And she's going to share with us some really deep, important truths of how to cope, how to deal. But the first step I want to share with you today comes from the scriptures that we have uh, given to us, passed down through the years and dealing with trials, storms, uncertain times, struggles and anxiety. And so I want us to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5 to kind of use as a launching point for this morning. What does the Bible say about anxiety? The first verse that came to mind when I was asking myself that question was 1 Peter 5, 7. Many of us know the verse of cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Uh, The NIV and a number of other translations have it just like that. Cast all your anxiety or cast all your cares on him, on God, because he cares for you. But if you look at the way the verse is really written, we will see how that's possible. Uh, The way the verse is really written, as recorded in the ESV, which is what I've been reading from most lately, um, is the word isn't cast, but casting. And why is that important? Well, let me read for you the difference between the uh, ESV and the NIV. And this is important. It's not just academic knowledge. It really is important for us understanding the truth behind this passage of Scripture. The Let me back up to verse 6, and we'll read verse 6 and 7 together. 1 Peter chapter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Now, did you catch that? I'm going to read it one more time. Humble yourselves, Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. There's not two different things going on here. This is one continuous sentence in the Greek. There's no period as our NIV has. uh, Humble yourselves uh, under the mighty right hand of God, period. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Two separate thoughts. But that's not the way this really is written. Peter was getting at the heart of the matter and showing us that the number one way for us to deal with our anxiety is by the process of humility. Becoming humble enables us 
to cast our anxiety. You see, the root of anxiety many times can be pride. I'm not saying it's always that, but many times it's the lack of control that produces anxiety in us. And I think through the scriptures we're going to see today, there is a very big connection between pride and anxiety. And dealing with anxiety requires humility. We'll go on this journey together so that you and I can see how, this, how the dots get connected. You see, in our circumstance, um, I was not able to be in control, and so I was anxious. I wasn't sure that the others who were trying to take control had my best interest in mind. And so that produced anxiety. I was being asked to submit and to yield to the guidelines and the restrictions of others, but uncertain that they knew what was best. And so this, again, was producing anxiety. It wasn't until I came to a place of completely submitting myself to the guidelines, humbling myself to someone else's authority, that I began to experience peace. Again, I, I, I said once the law came out that we just simply could not gather, that we could not do church in homes because we would be uh, breaking social distancing. It became simple for me. Okay, we're going to obey. And peace set in. I wasn't as anxious as I was before. And to give you another example, during this time of spring, we typically try to conquer our yard, uh, getting rid of the weeds, getting the grass green, and planting a few trees or bushes or flowers. Uh, this year, we wanted to take the extra time we had to try and maybe do some landscaping. And for me, again, this produced anxiety. I wanted to know a plan before we started doing anything because I felt like if I did it this way, I might have to undo it. If I planted this here, I might have to wait a whole nother year before I could move it again or it might die. And all of a sudden, I was anxious. It wasn't until Brandy stepped in and said, I want to make the decision here. I want to call the shots. I want to uh, give these suggestions on how this should be done. And when I yielded to her and said, okay, if you've got a great idea, I trust you and I surrender. <laughs> I submit. I humble myself to your ideas and tell me what to do. Put me to work. I think the connection we're going to see in scripture will show us that that is the, 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 uh, the stance that we have to take during the season of saying, God, we're not in control. We don't know what's going to happen, but you are in control. And not only are you in control, but you have our best interests at mind. You are one we can trust. And as the verse says, we can cast our cares on him because he loves us. He cares for us. So let's break it down together and dive in to see this fleshed out a little bit more in this scripture. There are a couple things that I see that are pointed out right away. First of all, the context of what Peter is speaking about is he understands that the, the church that is growing is dealing with some anxiety. 
And he understands that there are going to be trials and pressures and storms and an enemy who's out not seeking our best, but out to devour us. Let me look, read, uh, help you look and see the context here from the same chapter we were just reading, 1 Peter chapter 5. Let me start in verse 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful, for your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, uh, seeking someone to devour. You see, first of all, what I, what I find encouraging in that verse, uh, and not just fearful, is yes, we have an enemy who, like a roaring lion, is seeking who he can tear apart and who he can devour. But you know what's interesting? Is it's not a sneak attack. How many of you have ever had the uh, privilege of hearing a lion roar? Uh, we were in Africa a number of years ago, almost 20 years ago now. We got to do a safari as a part of a missions trip. And in the distance, we heard a roaring lion. Uh, there was no surprise. Yes, they can sneak up. They can hide. But the devil will oftentimes give warning. Lion, a roaring lion. There's a warning. You know it's coming. And so... We need to be alert. We need to be aware, paying attention, because that roaring lion is seeking who he can devour. And then Peter goes on to say, resist him. You know what's interesting is Peter doesn't say run from him, but resist him. We need to be careful in understanding that although we have an, an enemy, the devil, seeking to devour us, we don't have to live in fear, running and trying to hide running and trying to avoid the trials and the struggles. But we do need to learn how to resist. Listen to what it says. Resisting him firm in your faith. Another version says resisting him standing firm. And so the difference here is not running and retreating, but more being prepared, taking a fighting stance of strong faith, ready to resist him as he comes. And how do we do that? We do that by humbling ourselves. I know it, it, it. How can you stand firm while being humble? Let's break it down together. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering that you are experiencing are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. What other time... Is that verse more true than now? The entire world is under this pandemic dealing with this. And this is not a surprise to God. We need to learn that even during this time, there is a way for us to resist anxiety, resist the pressures that try to tear us up and cause us stress, and how to stand firm in our faith. And it starts again by remembering what Peter said at the beginning. Verse 6, humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of who? Of God. We are not submitting ourselves to just the authorities of our land. We learn to submit under the mighty right hand of God. Who better can we trust? Who has our best interest in mind? our God, our King, because He cares for us. As we learn to submit ourselves and yield to Him, 
then we are able to stand strong, resting in the arms of our Father. Let me take you to the book of James, just a, 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 a book back. James tells us like this. This is from James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. You see that, 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 that picture again of us yielding and humbling ourselves to God. Listen to what James says. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The whole point of being able to resist is by being in the hands of God. Submitting ourselves to him gives us the ability to resist the enemy. Putting ourselves in the hands and the care of God gives us the ability to deal with the uncertainty of these times. Resist, uh, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you start at verse 6 of this same chapter, James chapter 4 verse 6, it says this, God gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the who? To the humble. The first step to dealing with anxiety is becoming humble. Is realizing that we don't have control, but trusting that we are in the hands of a mighty God, one who has complete control. Peter was writing these verses, uh, these, this letter of encouragement to the early Christians because he was one that had to learn to deal with this. One of the first examples I have from the life of Peter is when Peter is in the boat during the storm. Do you remember this story? Jesus sends the disciples across the Sea of Galilee. The storms come raging up, and I believe that this was totally by the hand of God to test them and show them that he could be trusted and tested even in the midst of the storm. Jesus comes out walking on the water, and Peter sees him. At first, the disciples see him, and they wonder, is it a ghost? But Peter calls out to the one, the figure, Jesus, on the water, and he says, Lord, if it is you, this is from Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So here's the thing is that there are going to be storms. But Jesus is in the middle of them. He is in the midst of them. And in the midst of our storms, Jesus calls out to us, come to me. In the midst of the storm, are you drawing near to God? James encouraged us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Are you spending time in his word? Are you spending time lifting up your prayers and your anxieties to him? Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything, by prayer and petition, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus is calling us to come to him in the middle of the storm. Peter is calling out to him. James is telling us that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Are you drawing near to God during the season? Are you lifting up your prayers, your cares, your anxieties, your struggles, the uncertainty in your heart to him because he cares for you? When we do this, when we submit, when we yield, when we, when we uh, find that he is the answer, he will give us peace that passes understanding, that goes beyond comprehension. Look at the story as it continues. You know, Peter got out. He started to come to Jesus. And that's what we need to be, do, be doing in this time, coming to Jesus. But, don't you love the big buts in Scripture? Verse 30. But... When he saw the wind, Peter, he had the faith to call out. He had the faith to step out. He called, he started, to, he had his eyes on Jesus and was going to Jesus. And many of us, we have that faith. We're stepping out in faith. We're, we're, we're taking that step out of the boat. We're taking a risk. We've got our eyes on Jesus. But like the great heroes of faith, there are going to be times when the wind distracts us. And Peter steps out of the boat and he sees the wind, the waves, the storm. And you know what? He takes his eyes off of Jesus and he puts his eyes on the circumstances around him. And what happens? When he saw the wind, he was afraid. No longer living by faith, walking by faith, but living in fear. He saw the wind and the waves and he was afraid and beginning to sink. Beginning to sink. He called out to the Lord. Lord, save me. Even the most faithful of us at times are going to doubt. Even the most faithful of us and those who have our eyes on Jesus will get distracted by the trials, the circumstances, the COVID-19, the crashing stock market, the, the family dynamics that are causing us to stress and pull our hair out. The variety of situations can distract even the most faithful. And we begin to sink. But you know what happens here? Peter doesn't sink completely, does he? And even though we have a, a roaring lion seeking who we can devour, no one is being devoured if we, if we are truly in the presence of God. The trials and storms are going to come and they're going to be experienced. The same trials and storms and hardships that you are experiencing are being experienced by the rest of the world. And we may feel like, and we may even start to begin to sink. But... If we humble ourselves under the hand of God, he is there. As soon as Peter starts to sink, he cries out, Lord, save me. And what does it say? It says, verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out his what? His hand. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. God, save me. Jesus' hand is there immediately. This is your moment. This is your time. In proper time, if we humble ourselves, we will be lifted up by the mighty hand 
of God. James chapter 4 says this, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. This verse here in Matthew, Jesus immediately reached out His hand and took hold of Him, saying to Him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And he lifted it up, and when they, they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the message for all of us, that our first step of dealing with anxiety is realizing that we have a God who is in control, and a God who trusts us, and a God who cares for us. And as we put our faith in him, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. This is how we deal with anxiety. We realize that he is there to lift us. He is there to care for us. He is there to be with us even in the midst of the trial, the struggle, and the storm. So do you know Jesus? Have you come to him? Are you trusting in him? Are you lifting up your prayers, your cares, your anxieties, your worry to him, knowing that he cares for you? There's one other place in the Bible where the word casting appears. It's on Palm Sunday. We just celebrated that a couple weeks ago. Jesus is riding into town on a donkey. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 35, it says this. Uh, let me turn there. I don't have it open. Luke chapter 19, verse 35. Listen to these words. <clears throat> and they brought... Uh, they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on the colt. So the, the prophecy was that your king will ride into Jerusalem on, on a donkey. And so they go and get this donkey and Jesus gets on it. But before he gets on it, they put their coats on the donkey to provide like maybe a saddle or something soft for for Jesus to sit on. The word there in the Greek is the same word from Peter. They didn't throw it. They casted. It's the only two times in scripture that the phrase is used. Casting. We cast our cares on God. Just like they casted their coats. Their clothing. On the donkey. <laughs> what does this have to do with anything? Jesus is here. God is here. To carry our cares. Do you see that? Just like the disciples were casting their clothing on the donkey and the donkey was going to carry those coats, carry that clothing, carry the baggage. Donkeys and mules are used to carry heavy weight at times. God is here to carry our weight. He is here to carry our cares. And he calls us to cast our cares on him. To cast our anxiety on him. God is willing to be the one to bear our burdens. To carry us through the season. Are you trusting in him? 
Are you resting in him? Are you submitting yourself and humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God? That's our first step in dealing with anxiety. Next week, Brandy is going to share with us some some tips uh, as a counselor of how to really deal with it. If, if, if anxiety has taken root in us, sometimes we may need some help to get that unrooted. And so Brandy's going to come and she's going to help us next week in dealing with this a little deeper. But our first step in dealing with this is, is by understanding that we have a God who is here to help us deal with it. We're going to throw off and we're going to cast our anxiety on him. And one of the best ways we can do this also is by shifting our focus. Instead of worrying about the things that are scaring us and causing fear in us, is by looking to God and looking to others. I know a number of you are already doing this. You're serving by caring for those in need. You're taking care of uh, paying attention to the needs and cares of your neighbors and your coworkers around you. And you're caring. This is what God has put us here for in the midst of this season. To not live in fear, but to live in faith. To not hide away, but to be uh, people who spread hope. This virus is contagious. And you know what is even more contagious is the fear that it's brought with it. But we're not to be living by fear, but by faith. We're here to be hope dealers, light shiners, and love givers. Your next step in helping deal with anxiety is taking care of others. And so we've got a number of ways that you can do that. Our Hope House is, is up and running in some creative and different ways during the season. But maybe you'd like to sign up to help volunteer by helping care for the needs of others. Uh, another way is just being practical and reaching out and meeting needs of your neighbors. And so I want to encourage you to, to ask yourself, instead of worrying about the things that have you stressed, ask God, God, show me how I can bring hope and light and love to those around me. And listen to them. Get creative and, 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 and learn to reach out to God, listen to his Holy Spirit, and to see how he can lead you to be the hand of hope for somebody else. If you're listening today, and all of this is encouraging to you, but maybe you're in a place where, if I were to ask you what your relationship with God is like, in James and in, in, in all the stories, we see that the necessary thing needed for dealing with anxiety was drawing close to God, submitting to him, yielding to him. Where are you in your walk with Jesus? The Bible tells us that until we come to a point of realizing that we need him, that we are broken, that we have sin in our life, that we are separated from him, it's impossible for us to draw near to him if we have unforgiven sin in our life. What I mean by that is that all of us have sin. Even I, who believe in God, still sin. And I have to come and confess that sin to God in order to be right with Him. But there's a point that our relationship with God begins. And it begins with us coming to a point of realizing that God is the only way for us to have salvation. Jesus came over 2,000 years ago. And he lived for 33 years. And the Bible says that he went to the cross and died for us in our place. Because sin separates us from God eternally. 
And until Jesus died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sin, the Bible says that he took the sins that we've done and even the sins we've yet to do. He took all of our sins and shame upon himself and he died for us in our place. As he was dying, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he went and died. Three days later, he rose from the dead victoriously by the power of the Holy Spirit, he conquered sin and death and in victory rose again. And then he offers the gift of eternal life and forgiveness to any who would believe in him and receive it. Have you put your faith and trust and belief in Jesus as your Savior? That's the first step of drawing near to God. Today, you can do what the Bible says. You can be born again by putting your faith in him. You call out to him and say, God, I need you. God, I confess that I have sin in my life and I thank you for dying on the cross for me to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me new. Forgive me and help me to follow you. At the moment that you put your faith and trust and you believe in Jesus, he makes you his own. And you begin that process of drawing near to him and he cares for you. He will lift you up. He will make you new. And he will help you to experience full and abundant life, full of purpose and meaning and joy, even in the midst of trials and storms. My hope is that you would believe and receive Jesus if you've never done so. You can do it as with me right now as we pray, and I invite all of you to pray with me right now. If you are inviting Jesus into your life for the first time, call out to him as we pray. If you are a believer but your eyes are off of Jesus and distracted by the wind and wave of this coronavirus season and you have anxiety, ask God to help you to humble yourself, to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Pray with me now. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you do love us, that you care for us even during this season. Lord Jesus, I know that there are some listening who have never put their trust really in you. And for the first time, they're calling out to you right now saying, Jesus, thank you for being there for me. Thank you for dying on a cross for me to forgive me of my sin. Thank you for giving me new life. Come into my life now, Lord Jesus, and make me new. Teach me. Help me to follow you. God, I pray for those who are calling out to you right now for the first time that your Holy Spirit would come and transform them and make them new. And right now, Lord Jesus, I pray for those who know you as Savior and Lord, and yet we're distracted, we're worried, we have anxious thoughts because of the wind and the waves of this coronavirus and its effects on our world, the falling stock market, relationships that are struggling, jobs that are being lost, income that is dissipating. We cast our cares on you. Help us to humble ourselves, realizing that we cannot be in control, but you, our sovereign, loving Father, are in control. Help us to cast our care on you because you care for us and help us to spread this message of hope by caring and loving on others during this season. Show us how we can do that. In your name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for tuning in today. We're going to continue this series of building hope and trust in our Lord Jesus, of casting our cares and our anxieties on him, giving you some practical tips of how to do so in, in the days between our services. We'll come to you and give you updates and encouraging thoughts and words. But most of all, humble yourselves. Submit to him. Draw close to him. Find a way to get into his word and allow him to get into you. He loves you. He cares for you. I love you. And we'll see you next week.